0: We are still working our way through the Sermon on the Mount as found in Matthew and looking at how it has been distributed across into Luke, how Luke has distributed um, the sayings that are found close together in Matthew, distributed it throughout his gospel it's been an interesting comparison and contrasting back and forth and sometimes we feel as though Luke preserves the more primitive version as found in the common source and sometimes we think Matthew does a better job and it's been an interesting um, journey and we still have some interesting things to look at tonight. Um, We are at the Point of anxiety, so don't be anxious about this. But let's dive on in. If you look at the chart that I handed out, Matthew's Sermon on the Mount and Luke parallels, you'll notice that six twenty-five through thirty-four anxiety has a line from it down to twelve twenty-two through thirty-two. So what Luke has done is distribute uh, distributed anxiety into another location. Pa- uh, packaging it up with treasures, which came a little bit earlier, and murder and disputes, which came um, let's see, quite a bit er- earlier in Matthew's version. So we're gonna look at anxiety in both and then move on through judging and judging a brother and pearls before pigs and see how far we get. So I wanna give us a slight running start So picking it up in Matthew 6.24, no one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And we noted that the parallel to that over in Luke 16.13 is word for word with the exception of one word, word for word, identical No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And with the exception of slave as opposed to man, as it reads in Greek, it's the same. It's an example of an exact word-for-word copy straight across, including grammatical structure, Word choice, word order. And quite frankly, in Greek, the word order could have been different. Now there are certain word order conventions that Greek tends to follow, especially spoken Greek, but the word order could easily have been significantly different and it wasn't. And that's an interesting observation in and of itself. And one of the factors that is usually addressed and dependent upon when you're making a justification for the existence of Q, it's things like this that really do it. There's no mark in between that they got it from and yet they have the same word order, the same word choice, the same grammatical constructions. It's really a fascinating example of this. It's also short which makes it easy to kind of grasp. You can see that one word difference. But as we'll see tonight, there are other examples of this that are even more impressive and we're going to go to one next. So taking the, let's, let's take the running jump. I'll read it through and go straight on to the next because it's going to be important because that first word is going to catch our attention. So picking up again in 624. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, therefore I tell you. Now keep in mind, Luke has a different distribution. If you notice... Luke's parallel is Luke 16, 13, for for that saying. Now Luke's parallel anxiety is from chapter 12. So the context is totally different. You don't have that running start to get into Luke. It's different altogether. We may look at that when we do Luke. But let's look at how Matthew does it. Therefore, I tell you, keep in mind with regards to... Um, Serving two masters, you can't do it. You serve either God or money. God or, quite frankly, your own interests. God and wealth, God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to the span of your life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. (laughs) Today's trouble is enough for today. (laughs) Now, this passage just resonates repeatedly again and again with us and especially that last the clincher here in chapter 6 verse 34 of Matthew so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring worries of its own today's trouble is enough for today this is a very coherent passage it hangs together it holds together well it's filled with with really powerful chunks of, of wisdom. I mean, look at verse twenty seven. And can any of you, by worrying, at a single hour to your span of life? Uh, quite the contrary, you probably take it away. Exactly. By worrying. Hmm. Or you
1: can take
2: it out somebody
1: else's life <laughs> I wonder about- this seems to have little to do with the kingdom of God. Or it. it just sounds like a Dr. Phil. Dr. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well. Welcome. Well well so. you know, scattered around. But, <laughs> you, if,
0: if you, you are. shot at the Gentiles. I know. <laughs> Thank you. And that was one of the things I was looking for. In verse 32. For it is the Gentiles who strive for these things. Yeah, pagans, yeah. pagans. Ooh, Nasty. that sounds. Nasty. That sounds more racy.
1: That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute.
0: Pagans, gentiles, same thing. <laughs> well, in this case, <laughs> yeah, back yeah. then. <laughs> what does Luke say? Well, just a minute. You you don't get ahead of it. Don't well, get ahead of it be now, because sure. yes. that's going to be that is a coming. That is it. Your says pagans. Yeah, mm-hmm. both of them. That's NIV
2: says
3: mm-hmm. yeah. Moffat says pagans too. Yeah.
0: What's your say That's what I'm looking for. Ethne is In the Greek is word. Really ethne. Ethnos nations or Gentiles. What the what the Jews would call the Goyim, the, the peoples of the world, the ethne. Literally, Gentiles is the better translation, not pagans. Pagans draws a conclusion that uh-huh. the ethnoi worship other gods. That's a Jewish perspective. And you see that here in our reading and it was dark in here. We see that here in our reading in Matthew and you'll notice something. Matthew Matthew's written to whom? Jewish Christians. Jewish Christians. It's written for the Jewish Christian church. Hence, they're going to like to hear that. And dirty, state and rotten Gentiles—even though I'm Gentile Christians—they tend to, they tend to yeah. want to hang on to work too. In anticipation of your question, Luke drops it. Totally, mm. he leaves it out. Not Let's, fine. huh? Not mine. Oh, for it is the nations of the world. Yeah. It is the nations of the world. See, I think it does a different, I don't know if it does ethno or not. I didn't notice it before. All you had to say was other nations and it would be the same thing, wouldn't it? No, not to the Jews. No. <laughs> not to the Jews. This
2: says all yes. the nations of the world.
0: Everybody but us. Uh-huh. It is, it's entirely the same. Gosh, why does Luke, Why does the NRS, NRSV run that? <laughs> it ought to say Gentiles because it's ethne again. Tao to gar panta ta ethne to cosmu for all the nations of the world.
2: But Luke couldn't say Gentiles, because he was writing with the
0: Gentiles. Well, no, but he uses the same word.
2: But he could have said pagans.
0: Well he if there was such a He problem. says ethne both times. I mean Luke says ethne, Matthew says ethne.
2: Maybe they didn't say it, maybe the other people did. But they're copying again once no Thanks, Gentiles, yeah.
0: But Come why so does the NRSV? Render it Gentiles for Matthew, nations for Luke. Does anybody else have a different translation there under Luke for it? Which verse in Luke? For, for verse, 30. verse 30. For it is the nations. Yeah, King James uses nations in Luke. Nations, and, what is, and it uses what in Matthew? Mm-hmm. Verse uh, 32. Gentiles. Gentiles. Ooh, so this is following a convention... pagan world? Holy crap. The NRSV...
2: <laughs> uh, NIV says pagan world in Luke, whatever. It, it
0: does. It uses, does it use pagan and Matthew? Yes, it says Matthew? pagan world. The New
3: International.
0: It says pagan in Matthew and in Luke. Pagan world in Luke. Yeah. And pagan in Matthew. But that's... my eth- yeah. So the NIV has pagan been times. consistent in calling ethne... <laughs> yes,
1: right.
0: Pagan. Pagan.
3: So it's Moffat.
0: Moffat does yes. pagan. Moffat does it for both? For Matthew and Luke. That still draws a conclusion about the nature of the de- yeah, of the yeah. ethne. Which actually is not all that far removed from the, from the Jewish version if you've just translated it heavily. But you have to understand the meaning of Gentiles. NRSV tra- translates the Matthew, Gentiles, which has a Jewisher, Jewisher, more Jewish, <laughs> more Jewish. <laughs> more Jewish, <laughs> more Jewish <laughs> conception to it. Luke. In the NRSV translates it nations. Nations. And yet both, in both, in Greek, it's ethne. Hmm, that's fascinating. Why would why would the King Jimmy, and probably the Geneva Bible before it, handle it so differently and the NRSV, which is a standard translation, therefore follows them? Why, why would that happen? Why would they do that? No, I wonder why. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm asking the question. I, I, it's not a rhetorical question. I'm curious. <laughs> I, I was under the impression that um, the New
3: International Bible was used, is used predominantly by um, the, the, the religions of, of the South. And so their viewpoint would be either pagans or Jews there's no they, didn't, they see them as separate entities not living together in the same country
0: which would reflect also then the actual biblical context in which this was articulated going back behind Matthew and Luke into Q and then from Q into Jesus Jesus is speaking to a Jewish community there he's preaching to Jews and their obvious opponent quote-unquote there is the gentiles the ethne the goyim to put it back into hebrew the the nations of the world the non-jews when you ever see when you see gentiles when you see nations you're when you see pagans obviously think non-jews they even used goyim for the half descendants of the northern kingdom found in Samaria, Samaria the, the Samaritans. The bad Samaritan. So that's fascinating, right there. We might also
1: look and see, you know, the the preference of the translator, and maybe.
0: Well, that's where I'm wondering if the since the NRSV renders just like the King James does. And it's called the New Revised Standard Version for a reason. It follows the standard conventions that were originally established by the King James translators in certain circumstances. And, and it, I'd be curious to find out if that's one of those factors, is a desire to, to draw a distinction between Matthew and Luke's approach to uh, the goyim. Matthew utilizing the Gentile translation, you know, Gentiles, which is a standard utilization for for the Goyim. uh, And Luke, because he's a Gentile himself, they're selecting a different way of translating him. In that case, in that case, in this event, it does damage to the actual the the translators into English have damaged the actual text because the the Greek it, it's the same reading it's ethne.
2: Well, the commentators here were thinking when I, when I when you first said that in the Pagan, I think of the kind of like Plastic City, Dallas or Richardson versus you know the people that have other values in the country. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the spiritual versus the. Capitalistic or secular and the commentators here. This is before I read what they said that they're saying. This is Jesus made, They're saying Jesus is talking about his kingdom and he's talking to a group in Luke here I'm reading the comment mm-hmm. of his kingdom This is my kingdom as versus to yeah, their as, kingdom as opposed to the secular kingdom the pagan
0: kingdom.
1: well
0: Yeah the idea is in accord with the, with the general Jewish conception of you know, we be God's chosen few, all others shall be damned. <laughs> it is,
2: it's saying that Jesus, this is what I don't get, it's saying, the commentators are saying Jesus is speaking to believers.
0: Well, he's speaking to people. Uh, him, they don't even believe in him yet, do well, they? Well, he's, spe- he's, he's him preaching, preaching him. to the disciples and the to mountain. those who are following around, following him around to learn from him. But most importantly, he's speaking to Jews who, as a group, view non-Jews as outside pagan, dirty, stinking, rot, Gouyama. And that needs to be remembered. Going behind Luke, though, is what, I'm, what we're doing here tonight, what we've been doing, is going behind Luke. these two. And it's fascinating. I mean, the English translation gave us a little bit of a stumble there. Going behind it to the Greek, the stumble's gone. Both use the same word. It's ethne. I'm going to say ethne. Luke 12, and following. Luke 12, 22. He said to his disciples. He said to his disciples. Which is a different context. To a degree, yeah. Because yeah, in Matthew, he <laughs> he says to his disciples and to those who are yeah. listening in the Sermon on the Mount, he said to his disciples, "Therefore I tell you, do not." Were interesting. What's that? Therefore, now referencing <laughs> exactly. Let's take a look. Luke twelve twenty one. Let's see. I the it's that rich thing again. Well, that wealth. Maybe. Yeah, that rich thing.
1: Well, but that's except he says end. Uh, it'll all be taken care of. You're going to get it anyway if you just do it right.
0: Ooh, it is a very similar context, but it's a different yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow. Isn't that interesting? So, it is with those of you who store up treasures for themselves, mm-hmm. but are not rich toward God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He said to his disciples. So, that's kind of like told to everybody, and then to his disciples, therefore I tell you. Yeah. Hmm. So in in, in Matthew, the antecedent is this 624. No one can serve two masters for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Whereas in Luke, it's it's the parable of the rich fool. Then, I, then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. Yeah. And, when I, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, <laughs> you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. It's a different context, but yet it's the same context. Amen. He's, they, Luke has taken it out of whatever context he found it in, and let, assume for a moment that Q contained it in this particular sequence that we have in Matthew. He's taken it out of there now and inserted it into a comparable context elsewhere in the account in his own version. That's fascinating.
2: Did the Greeks?
0: What did they know about
2: Egyptian culture? A great deal. That's what I'm thinking. And think about that. What he just said: store
0: up. Uh huh. Oh yeah, the storehouses. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, for the and also for the the kings and the tombs and having yeah. everything in the yeah. for after your afterlife. Yeah, that's interesting. So maybe he's trying to point out to them, to the Greeks, you fools, you know <laughs> you're so intellectual and you're so above all these, the Jews, but guess what? Possibly. This might be a better story. It's just for them. sort of fallen all to pieces. If they, if they knew, if they really knew the Egyptians, oh, they what did, you're yeah. saying, would that make sense
0: then? Why did it? Egypt was brought under the control of Alexander the Great and there was a great interconnection between Egypt and Greece as a result of that he said to his disciples therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or your body what you will wear for life is more than food and the body more than clothing you look at Matthew here, it's fascinating. It's almost identical. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? He's taken a rhetorical question and made it into a declaratory statement. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Verse 24, Luke 12. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of How much more value are you than the birds? Verse 26, Matthew 6. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying at a single hour to your span of life, verse 25, Luke 12, verse 27, Matthew 6. And can any of you by worrying at a single hour to your span of life? If then, verse uh, Luke 12, 26, if then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. Verse 28, Matthew 6. And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They neither grow nor grow. That They grow, they neither toil nor spin. How they grow? They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. Luke 28. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? But if, if verse uh, Matthew six thirty. but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? <laughs> verse 29, Luke 12, and do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. Therefore, do not worry, saying what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear, Matthew six thirty one. For it is the nations of the world, it is the ethnoi of the universe, kosmoi, cosmos, in Greek, the universe. It is the ethnoi of the cosmos that strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. That's Luke twelve thirty. Matthew six thirty two. For it is the ethnoi who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Interesting. Cosmoi, the world. Added in Luke, not found in Matthew. Echoing agent. Tile kind of, uh, Greek kind of outlook. If he's writing this, if Luke's principal audience is Gentile Christians, and it is, they might have a little bit of trouble conceiving of the Jewish attitudes toward them. (laughs) I mean, you know, what's the big deal? I mean, you know, what's wrong with being a Gentile? I mean, Jew says Gentile, it's a curse word gentile hears it oh big deal ethnoi big deal that's what we are so ethnoi of the world ethnoi of the universe ethnoi of the cosmos not of the kingdom of god so that's maybe explains why cosmos gets added to ethnoi Mm -hmm. for it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things and your father knows that you need them Verse 31, Luke 12. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, 20, 6.33. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And now we come to the real biggie. Luke 12.32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's very different, at least on the surface, from 634. Matthew, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, that flows, honestly. That is a conclusion that is drawn from the preceding verses. But it goes on. It's something much more tangible. Right. But I want to stop for just a second here. That is the conclusion of the preceding verses, a logical conclusion of these preceding versions. For the
2: disciples. So. He's really yeah, this is, this directing is this toward the
1: disciples. He's not preaching to the crowd. He. No, no, no this is inside stuff. Why do we have to read this?
0: This is inside stuff. Picking up and following, um, sell your possessions. For what? <laughs> I don't want to do that. Well, that's what he's telling you to do. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. We've heard that before. Yes, we have. Just recently. An unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oh, But Matthew doesn't do that. Matthew doesn't create a point to hammer at home, a conclusion to hammer home. He instead has a natural flowing exhortation. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Why don't you
3: say that they just ended it at um, the prior verse in terms of the actual um, same extraction? All the way through 33? And then they each then diverged on their own uh, 34, 34. 34. Matthew and then
0: well, but 34 does draw from the preceding verses. It just draws differently. Right. Whereas 1232 and following is... The, well, twelve thirty-two specifically is a conclusion to the preceding verses, and then there's a small expansion on it in these directives in thirty-three and
2: thirty-four. Well, Matthew, Pete's right. Matthew sounds more philosophical this time. It is. Luke. Luke is Matthew.
0: Down dirty, gritty, dirty, Matthew gritty. is more spiritual. Yeah. In that sense, he is dealing. He is communicating this not so much hard and fast. But he's more spiritual. Hence, similar to blessed are the poor in spirit, Mm -hmm. as opposed to Luke's blessed are the poor. We're getting back to that now.
1: And yet, the vast majority
0: of Q scholars say Matthew's version is is more faithful to the Hebraic structure of the original because this is more rooted in Jewishness than this other, which although there are strong Jewish elements, of course, in it, the kingdom of God idea, nevertheless, it tends to be articulated in a slightly more Greek way, Gentilish way. What do you think about Luke's editorial work throughout this? He makes some adjustments to it at every point, changing rhetorical questions into declaratory statements for the most part. But otherwise, he's not monkeyed around heavily with (laughs) them. And it's very obviously the same thing, without question, including word order, word choice, grammatical constructions. You can see Luke's editorial work polishing up the grammar to a degree, but it reads, it, it reads better. But Matthew's speaks better. Here's another reason why. Scholarship tends to think that Matthew preserves the original better because Matthew's is more orally oriented as someone might speak it, whereas Luke's is more literary as someone would write it. Now, both are written, and both are copying a written source, but that written source is supposedly communicating to us that which was spoken to begin with. Matthew doesn't edit it for that purpose but Luke edits it into something that is far better written literature.
1: Do you think there's any, what do you think is the significance of him turning from the crowd to talk to the disciples? It's a
0: continual, in in Matthew, I mean in Luke, Luke. in Luke, it is a continual refrain. He preaches to the crowd, and then he turns and explains to the disciples. Preaches to the crowd, explains to the disciples. That's something that he does quite a bit of in Luke. And here, uh, we see it. We see an example of that.
1: Was well, that what he, your question was? Yeah. Well, I mean. What's the significance of that? Why would he. Well, that sounds like something Luke is doing for editorial purposes. It Absolutely. is. it's a literary device, right? But it's a literary device. It's almost
2: like he doesn't trust us to get it. Where
0: Matthew does trust. Matthew doesn't care. This is it. Matthew, <laughs> well. Matthew has a different audience and a different objective in this case. Whereas Luke seems to, and this is a repeated refrain, he's he's almost like leading the reader more directly than Matthew is at this point. And that's an example of it. Speaks to the general crowd, speaks to the 12. Speaks to the general crowd, speaks to the 12. And we, the reader, or hearer, if it's being read to us, we get the inside message of what was given to the 12. That's actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <bad>. yeah, <laughs> we get he, the inside message. He
2: even sets it up with that parable of you're a, I I use a damn fool, okay. That's okay, use You're, you're a That's damn it. fool. Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, if you're not getting this because, you know, you're gonna make bigger warehouses and they're all gonna rot, you'd mm-hmm. ever be storing up things for God in heaven. And he's giving you that right before he gives you this. Right. Matthew doesn't bother with that. Matthew figures you can get it without that. Mm. Mm-hmm. The lamp of the world type of thing. Lamp of my light. Light and lamp and all that spirit. It's
0: almost as if Matthew is willing to assume that every hearer of Jesus at this point is an insider. Because the hearer of Jesus is actually the person who's reading or hearing read the gospel itself. Everybody's an insider in this case.
2: If you're on the mountain, you've,
0: well, you're hearing them, you're Well, yeah, but I mean, that's the basic idea. And if you look at it as an example of sourcing literature, I mean, Luke is definitely using, he's mining his, this is also another reason why, scholars tend to think that Matthew preserves in the clumped chunk of material called the Sermon on the Mount a more coherent collection from, he just copying it over from Q, with commentary and adjustments. Um, whereas Luke is taking that same material from the same source and distributing it. And yet, as we just saw, maintaining a great degree, degree of similarity with the approach of how he's interpreting it and what he's hooking it up with
1: it's still fascinating well, then it gives the impression that his gentile audience is getting the inside dope that yeah. perhaps the, the big crowd didn't get uh,
0: well that's what the right that's the basic idea why did the gent well, well this is also a fa- factor both in luke and in the acts of the apostles why did the jews reject jesus
1: Well, the Gentile answer
0: is found in the Acts of the Apostles is, well, they were destined to. God didn't expect the Jews to accept Jesus. Only the special selected ones get to accept Jesus. Hence, The message is given to the Jews first. The few who will receive it, receive it. And then you turn and give the message to the Gentiles, to the world. We see that throughout the Acts of the Apostles. That was what Paul did. He would go to a city. He would preach in the synagogues until they kicked him out of the synagogues. Then he'd move next door and open a church. And then draw many more Gentiles. There's always a group of Jews who accept the message. But then that's it. And then they get thrown out. And then he draws in Gentiles. And that's the basic idea that you see reflected even back in Luke.
2: You see reflected, but why didn't anybody ever, or does anyone ever stop and ask the question? And we know they're getting killed, we know they're getting kicked out, but you just said it. The, the Jews, you know, the message is given to the Jews, and only select Jews really respond to it, the rest of them don't, but they give it to the Gentiles, and Gentiles respond. Why didn't some of those select Jews? turn around into even more select Jews, so you lose half of them. Well, then you're down to a quarter and then you lose half of them. But then they're, they're spreading the message to their own Jews.
0: That's exactly what happened. And that reflects the attitude of of the, of the Antiochian church that produced Matthew's Gospel, if you think about it as coming from Antioch or, or, or from Damascus, Damascus church, the Damascene the, church, the Jewish Christian church Views itself as that whole chunk of the Jews that got it. I.e., they're equivalent to the disciples. So why differentiate? Whereas the church to which Luke is writing, the Gentile churches, they're the outsiders at this point. They're the outsiders. And now they're, but they're getting to peek in and see what the insiders got. Sticking with Matthew. Going to Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Judging and judging a brother. You'll notice there's no line coming out from that on my chart. Because if you go straight across into Luke, you'll see it's there. 637 through 39 and 41 through 42. Do not judge. Darn it. Well, they're just taking away all my fun. Do not judge that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. Well, that's interesting. He says. Do not judge, so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged.
2: Ooh, I like that, because you can make a really small judgment,
0: a lot of room. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. I like that. If you're unbalanced in your judgments, you're going to get unbalanced judgments against you. If you give balanced judgments, you're going to get balanced judgments. For you, or with you, or in, your, in towards you. Hmm. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye.
3: <laughs> you know, it's so consistent with the, um, the messaging in the tabernacle with the um, the water that the priest is looking. Uh, when they wash, the labor, Mm -hmm. thank you, and that it's so easy for mankind to look around them and judge themselves better or lower based on what they see when God's whole plan is not to look around you, but if you're going to measure yourself or look for measurement or justification, you look into that labor and you see yourself Mm. and you view it against what God's
0: standard is. You see your own reflection and you realize how horribly you fail. Absolutely. You, you need to pay attention to that humongous tree growing out of your eye <laughs> before you take care of the problems you perceive that other people have.
3: Because looking around, you could assume and yeah. get convinced that you don't have a tree. You don't even have huh. a speck. You don't and have a problem. I don't have to work on myself anymore. I'll
0: you wait. got to take care of that dirty, rotten, stinking person sitting across from you that person needs to be fixed first yeah you gotta fix them i'm fine by the way just so that you know and we'll hit it when we finish reading the parallel from luke there is an anchor in mark that these are hanging off of all right verse uh, 37 of luke 6 do not judge and you will not be judged Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, not stirred, running over. That's not stirred, isn't there? Running (laughs) over will be put into your lap, for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Now that's extensively longer. That's 637 through 38. I
1: don't have an arrow on my little church.
0: No, it's straight across. It goes straight across. It goes go? oh, so. go straight across because it's in parallel. It's, it's not been displaced from where it was in Matthew. It's sitting, in the, it's sitting straight across. Hmm. Do not judge. And you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Wasn't kind of forgiving a kind of judgment? Hmm. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Much more extensive and yet at the same time not all that different. Do not judge that you so that you will Do not judge Matthew seven one. Do not judge so that you may not be judged. So for with the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. And Luke has expanded that to a significantly larger statement. But in a sense it's clearer. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give
1: will be the measure you get back. That's a much, much bigger statement. It is.
2: Well, he's just doing the thing about giving again. Though. He's always explaining about giving. Well, but forgiving too giving
0: forgiving not condemning not judging
1: hmm
0: verse 39 He also told them a parable. Well, That's interesting. Can can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? Sounds like the plank again. A disciple is not above the teacher. A disciple is not above the teacher. That's a continual problem for the church. Disciples thinking they're above the teacher. A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your... Na- it's not a denial that there is a speck in your neighbor's eye. There is. Like you, they're, they're in need of help. They need to be cleansed, uh, forgiven, uh, delivered. How ca- Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye but do not notice the log in your own eye? That's the problem. Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take the speck, take out the speck in your eye when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. And I would say, please, take, first take the log out of your own eye before you come after me with a bunch of tweezers to get rid of the speck in my eye. Please get that log out of your eye. I want you to be able to see to get this out of my eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will, be, you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. It's not a denial that there's a speck in the neighbor's eye. It's not a denial that they need help too. It's that you need to recognize firstly that you are just as much troubled as they. It's
3: like that verse in Galatians where Paul talks about... Um, when a, a brother falls down, you know, that you should worry that, you know, you don't fall down yourself. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you know, condemn him for tripping up no. because you could be tripped up. And it's, it's the same thing with the speck in the eye. I mean when you when you realize you've got a log in your eye, your approach to that person is gonna be much more from, hey listen, we're all in guilty there yep. in some way. And unless versus coming at it from a judgmental part where I'm higher, I'm better. I'm not as um, at fault as you, and you're somehow lower than I, but rather we're the same, and we all struggle together, and so we need to help build each other up.
0: Or to pull from the woman caught in adultery. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different perspective. the one who was without sin be the one to throw the first stone. Well, if you recognize that you've got logs in your eye,
3: you'll be more compassionate and understanding.
0: You're not gonna be quick to judge, You're going to be quick to forgive and help. I mean, that's the humongous chunk of this. It's not a denial of the importance of helping somebody else with the speck in their eye or a denial that there is a speck there at all. There definitely is. It's not just about you and how perfect and wonderful you are. It's that you have to get the speck, the log, the great big tree out of your eye, the forest out of your eye, before you dare to even think about trying to help someone with a little fleck in their own, a little, little tiny little speck, a little bit of a splinter in their own.
1: It's kind of an unusual use of the term parable, isn't it? Uh-huh. Most uh-huh. parables, God is in there someplace. It's mm-hmm. a character. You know, this is Three different characters, of a, yeah. You can rotate. and Luke a kind of forgot. Well, he identifies
0: it as a parable instead of as an aphorism that's what he does
2: he's telling us a parable whether it fits or not
0: now let's see where the hook is in Mark Mark 4.24 for the first part and he said to them pay attention to what you hear verse 24 chapter 4 Mark and he said to them, he being Jesus, pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get. And still more will be given you. Huh. Huh. Kind of a, a, an echo both of Matthew 7, 1 and 2 and Luke with the giving part. The measure you give will be the measure you get. And still more will be given you. And then we have something that you... Uh, I'm sorry?
3: No, I was just reading that 25th verse.
0: (laughs) Oh. That's what I'm getting ready to do. Uh, For to those who have more, more will be given and from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Huh, I thought they had nothing. Let's see. Matthew thirteen, twelve is where this is found in Matthew. Matthew thirteen twelve. For to those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance, but from those who have nothing even what they have will be taken away a direct citation from mark this is an example of mark and priority for that little verse luke's utilization is different and you can kind of see his little little brain working in here luke 8:18. 8, then pay attention to how you listen for to those who have more will be given And from those who do not have, even what they seem to have Uh will be taken away. (laughs) He caught the internal contradiction. He sure did. Luke caught the internal contradiction, which flows just without even noticing in oral speech. I mean, think about it. Remember, Mark is articulating that which had been spoken at one time. And it's closer to that spoken generation of it. For, the, for to those who have, more will be given. And from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. I mean, it's obvious. It's an oral construction, originally. And the assumption that you automatically make is, well, there's an exaggeration going on here. They actually do have something. Or it may appear that they have nothing. Or it may appear that they have something but really don't
3: or they think they have nothing because or they, they don't realize what, what they actually have. Uh-huh. What he
2: thinks he
0: has. What he thinks he has, right. Thank you, Luke. And Luke takes it and fixes it. What they seem to have will be taken away. Yeah. <laughs> what they think they have will be taken away. I mean, he does fix the internal <coughs> contradiction. I just love that. Luke, uh, Matthew doesn't bother. Matthew doesn't bother here pulling straight out of Mark for that. Whereas Luke does, he fixes it. That's Luke, char- Luke's moon feeding you. That's, but and it's characteristic of Luke fixing things. Yes, it is. Fixing things. So, but put it in
1: plain English for me, uh, from <laughs> you know, Luke, what is he what saying, if, if that's the superior?
0: If it's a superior, in terms of it being fixed up some?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what's it mean? What's the then pay attention
0: to how you listen. for. To those who have, more will be given. Those who have what? Who have.
1: Those who have what? Who have. I know, that's my point. And he's, that's my
0: point. He's been
2: talking about having the things that are important are not. And from, yes. and from we those. Have the important things. Which is God. Now you're going to say, what are the
3: important things?
2: <laughs> you, you, you got your faith in God, you're going to get more of it. You don't have faith in God, tough crap.
0: Okay. Hell? No. This comes from less. This comes you know less. <laughs> This comes from one of his parables, I, the parable of the sower. What are you saying? All right. That's where he inserts it in here. No one remember it's uh, Matthew, oh, excuse me, Luke 8:16. No one after Yeah, Luke 8:16. No one after lighting a lamp hides it under a jar but puts it under a bed and puts it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light for nothing is hidden that will not be disclosed, nor is anything secret that will not become known and come to light. Then pay attention to how you listen for to those who have more will be given and from those who do not have, even what they seem to have will be taken away. This comes oh, at the yeah. end of the explanation of the parable of the sower of the seed.
3: You're right. Mm-hmm.
1: So,
0: if,
3: so the knowledge, whatever knowledge they
1: have. Uh-huh. It's knowledge. Just would even about be knowledge, taken. knowledge understanding. Not understand. <laughs> listen, listen,
0: li- yeah, listen, pay attention to how you listen.
2: Because those with treasures in heaven will get more. And those with treasures on earth will
0: get Which nothing. seem to be treasures, but really aren't. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Will get... Less. Nothing. Nothing.
2: <laughs> Less than you have nothing, so
0: think. you get nothing. Okay. <coughs> we'll get nothing. Who have treasures on earth, which really aren't treasures at all. Right. Mm-hmm. They blow away. Yeah.
3: They're, they're going to lose that. It's that
0: purse thing again. It's the purse thing. The moth come and get it. In a sense, it is the first thing.
3: And it's the focus, too. Because one of the first verses we read um, about the anxiety part really made, I thought, a point of being what the focus was. It wasn't that the accumulation of these things were bad, it was the order of preference that the, different, that the two different examples were going at. One was seeking those things as Value first and only, and the other one is seeking the things of God first and only, and then those things will be added. So yeah. It's not the things that are the problem; it's the um, priority in which you put on what's valuable. And what's what, valuable. as always,
0: what are your priorities? Yeah. What's of importance to you?
1: That's well here, but but here it's interesting that he he seems to suggest that when the kingdom comes, which I think is what they're talking about yeah. here. There's going to be some pretty tangible losers. Sure. Yeah. Good yeah. yeah. thinking. Precisely sure. right. Whereas Luke sort of, or I guess it was Matthew, who sort of makes it the doctor Phil, you know, you know yes, don't worry, you know, worry about today. The take care of itself. You, know? you can't change And that, yet,
0: that. he then immediately says in verse 6 of chapter 7 of Matthew, do not give what is holy to the dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh. 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 I like dogs. That's good. <laughs> I think Dorcas was that. Uh, <laughs> Dorcas was Do not give what is holy to dogs. I'll never forget the time I came home. I came home. I had been gone all day. I come into my house. And on the floor in the living room is my hardbound $95 Hebrew Bible torn to shreds. Well, the whole back was ripped off by Dorcas. She got mad at me because I wasn't there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: and tore that Hebrew Bible to pieces it it you know it's ah it, it, oh, it was like oh mm-hmm. and the first thing that came to my mind was don't give what is holy to dogs <laughs> <laughs> do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine. swine pigs and I
1: thought it meant because all
0: Go to heaven anyway <laughs> the Hebrew people hated dogs <laughs> they're true. scavengers they hated pigs they're scavengers they eat awful uh, they're unclean you don't eat them and you don't have them around there's a reason why this is not in Luke and it's not that it wasn't in Q it's because the Gentiles love pigs, uh, and they love dogs. <laughs>
3: is it left out completely?
0: Uh-huh. It's not in Luke anywhere. It's not in Mark anywhere. It's not in John anywhere. It's only found in Matthew.
1: And, and do you think is it flows true. from anything that's been said before, or is it just well, stuck in there? let's...
0: <laughs> Let, let's, 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 let's read it all the way through first And then we'll put it into the context Do not give what is holy to dogs And do not throw your pearls before a swine For they will trample them underfoot And turn and maul you Now what in the world does that mean? Is that literal? No What are the dogs and the swine? The scum People. of the earth A scum of the earth these pagans and the, the Romans the and all those people. Priorities.
1: That's people. What I get out, the, it's, it's, it's the Goyim. The Goyim. The Goyim. Goyim. You got
0: it. In which, in the Jewish-Christian context, are those folk who are outside the community of faith who are trying to destroy you?
1: Whom we judge routinely. Who judge <laughs>
0: routinely? Yeah.
1: Whom we judge routinely. We judge routinely. Well, yes. That's so where this. Judges. That's yes. where this
0: gets you into trouble. Exactly. But see, they judge you as well. Um, pearls are what. Things of value, right. and in the context of this, what is it?
1: The message. The, the message.
0: Gospel, the gospel. The good gospel. news. Don't give that. To trample. What does it mean for them to trample it underfoot? Disrespected. It. Disrespected. It. A lot. Cover bury it up. Bury it. it. Destroy it. Destroy it. Destroy it. Mm-hmm. And turn and maul you. What does that mean? Come, arr, arr, come back and crucify you and all that yeah. stuff. Attack you. Them. Hurt you Combat Martyr you Martyr you. So if these pigs and dogs Are essentially the Gentiles Who oppose the gospel You don't You don't spend time Trying to Convert them Because all they're going to do is destroy it And turn around and bite you It's
3: like a message to the disciples If you go to a town and they don't receive your message Then you dust That's- Take the dust off your feet. Brush the dust off your feet and go. And you yes. go. Elsewhere. I was thinking about the whole so time. So that you're not wasting talking. your time on a
0: lost cause. Essentially, yeah. Now. But do you have to judge.
3: You, 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 you have to be a little bit. There's a discernment you to
0: a involved, involved there.
1: Discernment. There.
0: discernment. And you know, we're I suppose to, you can do that. Thank
1: you, Mr. The Semantics, <laughs> there. <And> <laughs> you know, that's thank right you. here in my commentary. <laughs> enough, exactly. The
3: judging he was using when he was dealing with like minded family of God, not to judge a brother or sister, whereas the discernment, I suppose, would come into play when you're dealing with somebody not of the same mindset of you.
2: You get that. So, you know, you're judging in the family, you don't want to judge the family. You discern in the family and you judge others outside the family.
3: There's got to be a difference in, in terms of, otherwise, how would you be a judge
0: well, it assu- well. both of them, both Matthew and Luke, assume that there is judging going on. Right. All right? Let's get that one out of the way right now. Okay. They both recognize judgment occurs. Otherwise, why would they say, For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. So it's both a warning and a promise. With the judgment you make, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the me- measure you get. Luke does the same thing. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be
1: forgiven. Well, they're trying, but they may recognize that's going on, but they're trying to put a stop to it. I mean, do not judge. That's the first thing.
0: Well, that, the, the principle is, and then at the same time, and yet he then goes on and talks about the speck in the eye. Which, in a sense, is a kind of judgment. It is a judgment. But it's a judgment that is being made balanced against the reality that you yourself have logs oh. in your own eye. Yeah. So it is, it is a balanced, measured, shaken up,
1: but I don't pressed I'm, down. He's saying, you know, get the speck out of your own eye so that you can get after that log. That's not... That's you know, not uh, no, you got to actually uh, back around. You get rid of that log
0: before you go after that speck and that then see, see illustrates il- well, well that, but that's it. how luke does it you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye and then you will clearly you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye
1: and, not, and it's not
0: just luke who does that you hypocrite matthew. first take the log matthew uh, five verse five seven five First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. That really does sound so And random. it's not, Hippocrats and, and like it,
2: random. well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's not a judge, but you're a
0: hypocrite.
3: No, it's very, it's very much like Proverbs, though, because Proverbs tells you oh, sure. with a, the love of a brother or sister, you know, you've got to be, you're in this as a team, you're working together, so you've got to talk to the person when you see them doing something wrong. But when you come from the perspective that you've just taken the log out of your own eye and you realize how bad you are, your approach to that brother or sister would have to be different than if you didn't even acknowledge you had a speck in your own eye and you're higher up and better off than that person rather than realizing we're in the same boat. I might even be lower than you. What's
0: fundamentally the problem here is those who judge and do nothing. That was really be man.
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: That's, I think that's the point. Who judge and do nothing to help, but instead condemn to hell that's more like and condemn, go on? Yeah.
2: It's not judging; it's condemning. When you judge and don't do anything, that's
0: condemning. Hence basically. Luke. Hence Luke expands it: Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Condemn- By helping someone with the speck in their eye, you're not condemning them; you're helping them. By helping someone with the speck in your eye, their eye, you're actually forgiving them. And to say it, it, it to. Judgment is, is a really tough word here. Um, let me see if it's the word I think it is. Luke 6, uh, yeah, let's lose, let's lose the Luke passage. 637, especially since his use of Greek is usually more precise. 637, let's just see. Mm-hmm. "Kai me krinete, do not judge, from Krinos, the same root as krima, which is a temporary kind of punishment. Low grade, fine judgment, not death penalty. I mean, death penalty is katakrima or katakrima, the ultimate it's not, it's judgment. Not eternal judgment. Right, that's an eternal. This is temporal, which is more discernment, not you're going to hell, all right? That's more of a discernment-type judgment than a you're going to hell-type judgment. That's the word that's being used here. Um,
1: So is that why we say in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us as we forgive others?
0: Yes, that's precisely what it is. And forgiving another has to also recognize they've done something wrong. That, that needs to be forgiven and that's a judgment in, in the crema <laughs> sense that's a recognition, a discernment of that there's a speck there that needs to be taken care of but you better make sure that that tree in your eye is taken care of first before you even dare to go after that speck Not because, not just because you yourself are as much a sinner as them, but you're not going to be capable of helping them until you yourself have dealt with your own circumstance, your own log. And you see that right here in in the aphorism here, both in Luke and in Matthew. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. With that, considering, with that kind of in the background, you can then go to um, this pig's bit. back to that. Yeah, back to that. Because it it comes in the context in, in Matthew uh, frankly, I find the passage uh, somewhat insulting. I can see why Luke would leave it out, because I know who the Jews are talking about here. They're talking about us, mm-hmm. at least in our ancestry and where we're coming from. And I'm sure the Gentile church didn't particularly appreciate saying, which would probably be why Luke left it out. It misunderstood. It could be misunderstood now in the context of ancient Palestine, ancient Judea do not give what is holy to dogs, to scavengers to those who are going to destroy it you know one could say pick your battles pick your battles make sure that what you're going to do is going to produce a positive return it's going to be efficacious useful otherwise it'll get destroyed discern pick your battles it's we we get hung up on that word judge and that's what he's doing here even he's saying if it's not going to produce if what you're throwing your pearls before is truly swine and dogs there's not going to be a response there's not going to be one Luke leaves it out Matthew includes it um, what do you think? And
1: the assumption is that it's a cube. Is that it's, a, it's a cube. Saying that, the, that it's Andy almost was trying to find a spot even. And, even the, the Jesus,
0: Jesus seminar quoted identified this one as a green ball. They had no doubt that Jesus said it because it gives the church trouble. And it's uncomfortable to the Gentile church. Very uncomfortable to it. So uncomfortable, Luke leaves it out. And if, it's, and if it's a green ball material, and it's not in Mark, and it's not in Mark, and it's not in Luke, and it ought to be if it's in Q, then it ha- but it has to be in Q, because there's no other source yeah. for it that's valid in the midst of all this other material. So it's one of those sayings that even the Jesus Seminar folks say, yeah, Jesus said it, it came to us through Q, but Luke leaves it out for an obvious reasons because it does kind of grate us. After just hearing Jesus say this about taking care of the log in your own eye before you deal with the speck in your neighbor's eye, then he turns around and talks about pigs, And then he's not, you know, he's not telling you how to cook them either. <laughs> or barbecue. But is he, could he be
3: referring to the people who, who are not going to be receptive clearly to the message that's precisely the point that Jesus so, had so and from God's perspective there have always been two kinds of people those the, under the covenant those not whether you go in through the blood of Jesus or the, the bloodline of, of Abraham mm-hmm. I mean, it's consistent you're either part of the group or you're not going to be part of the group
1: mm-hmm.
0: you got to make Judgments, and in those ca- this case, it's those discerning kinds of judgments, and this is one of those cases. You discern when and where to proclaim the message, and you do not waste it where it will have no effect.
2: Is this like when that guy came up to you in the white shirt and little tie when you were in the house getting ready for your preaching and? And, you know, he was trying to spread the word of God, and he just didn't discern the right place to do it. And you just <laughs> trashed him. And <But> I just <laughs> trashed him. <laughs>
0: no. Uh, it's Listen worth to that thing. sermon online. You're about the devil I the the respect or whatever. Mom, Dad, have you uh, found him yet? <laughs> <laughs> Some guy came to my door one day while well, Mom and Dad were with me trying to help me unpack. And they said, uh... uh I open the door, and there's this guy standing there in dark pants, white shirt, and tie. (laughs) And he says, have you found Jesus? And being a sarcastic cuss like I can be, I turned around and says, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, there's a guy out here who's lost Jesus. Do y'all know where he is? And I turned back around, and he's gone. (laughs) He probably, he probably just (laughs) served. that that, that, his, before swine. that his Aryan or Mormon message won't
1: fly with me. <laughs> There's a swine in this house. That's right. <laughs> oink,
0: oink, bark, bark. With Dorcas around also? No, this, this is before Dorcas. Is
3: you know, this other, this, the other message you can get from this particular passage, which I think is, good. is good for us to hear, is that we don't, Convert anybody that we and so to think that you can continue to go and harp and you know with this person or group, whatever, that's clearly not being receptive. To think that you're going to have an impact at all,
1: yeah,
3: it's good to remember that because I think sometimes we forget that the calling is purely from God. God does the calling and He does the choosing, and and it comes from him first and if your heart's not quickened mm-hmm. there's not an ability to respond and you ne- nearly need to be a light that shines through which God then brings those who he's called to you and when you when you understand that perspective it, it, it falls in line with this that you can't go out yourself and start grabbing people in and think that you can convert them and yet
2: if you judge If If you make the mistake and judge and discern that those people can't be helped, you've got a log in your eye. That's right. And you've got to, you're not doing anything, and you've got to do something.
0: That's where the spiritual disciplines come in, in terms of discernment. It's not, it it, it is saying, don't judge, and, and that's true, it is. But then it immediately then says, when you do, do so properly measured, properly weighted, honestly, generously forgive and you'll be forgiven and that really means you go the extra mile Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know not to toss out matthew's inclusion of a difficult verse eventually there comes a time when you recognize that the pigs and dogs and I, you know, to me, to us, I mean, I love pork barbecue, and I love my dog. That's but in the context of the Jewish world, the worst thing you could call someone is a pig and a dog, and they call the Gentiles that all the time
3: because they felt as though they were outside. They're outside. They're
0: scavengers. They are not to be included. Period. The Gentile church hears this as an insult to them. By this point in time. Because they've been around enough Jewish Christians to know how judgmental they can be.
2: So, I'm serious. Exactly. Was Jesus really saying that that's he's an mentioned? example of
3: there they had that log in their eye? Yeah. And they, and if you truly understand the whole history of it, you can see how foolish that position the James was. Circumcision
0: Party, the Jewish Christian Church, had a great big log in their eye. And it was called circumcision mm-hmm. or dietary regulations or whatever it was in terms of the old covenant. And they continued to po- foist it as important. And it was this great big log that blocked them from able to, being able to do or do anything effective to reaching Gentiles. Made it impossible for them to. How many guys are going to join a church where the first requirement of membership is signing your pledge card in blood? Exactly. Or changing your diet. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen.
3: Well, the thing is, the Jews could have changed their diet. Paul did. Happen. Peter Peter was <laughs> willing to.
0: And when he got caught doing with him, it, he yeah. got in trouble with James yeah. for it. Well, that was a the whole problem in Galatia.
3: If they believed in salvation through Jesus, then they didn't have to do that.
2: Either. That's
0: the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ as articulated by Paul, as we remember from Romans and Galatians and before. And, and at the point in time in which these gospels were actually written down in the 70s and 80s, this debate, this fight, had reached the point where the Jewish Christian church and the Gentile Christian church pretty much were not on speaking terms with each other. It took another couple of generations into the second century for the Jewish Christian church had been so removed from, the, from Judaism itself that they ended up adopting more and more and more of the Gentile perspectives. But when they did that, they then infused into the Gentile church more and more of these law-based conceptions of salvation by works. And it sort of became a cross infection. And the message of Paul kind of collapsed as a result. And it became salvation by works and grace. So you you get started by grace and faith and then you complete it in works, which was the problem that was going on in Galatia. But at this point in time, in the 70s and 80s, you had a situation where the two different churches, the two different communities of churches, were not communicating very well with each other. And yet it's amazing at the same time they were willing to utilize the same materials. That's one of the things I was trying to say many weeks ago that it's an amazing thing that both Matthew and Luke, a Jewish Christian and a Gentile Christian, are both willing to use the product of Peter's preaching in Mark and Q this Jewish source has been translated into Greek. It's it's amazing that they were both willing to use the exact same sources yet they were communicating to completely two completely different communities with different needs and different outlooks and and <laughs> and they use the same sources. And it also reflects why they got so different of Gospels.
2: As okay, in both versions of the judgment, talk about being judgmental, uh-huh. could not Jesus have been saying, because he used hypocritical both. both yeah, versions. he used hypocritical both. Okay, so when your judgments, don't be hypocritical. Turn oh, around absolutely. You. And then in your judgments, be as just as you can be. Be as-
0: Fair, just, whatever. Be as just- as you would want someone to be of you. Be as just to them. As you would have them be to you. So you can be judgmental as long
2: as you follow those two rules.
1: I think he's talking about the behavior to to your group, right? The uh, you know, you and me, you know, we don't judge each other, we, we help each other out. But if we're talking about those people out there, we, we like to to know, judge don't judge them a little bit. You know, don't give them this message. You know, this is for that us. I think the thing is, just kind of <laughs> I think it inside. is an insider. Luke feels that way, yeah, for sure. I don't think he felt man. like he had to put this one in at all, you know. it doesn't seem Isn't to fit. This. About the swine or about the judgment? About the swine, you know. I mean the, the judgment stuff It doesn't seem sh- shall be asked. All that fits together. But then this one has just kind of dropped out of Don't waste freedom. your energy. Don't waste you know, your energy. I don't think it has anything to do with it. It goes before or after. <laughs> so, no, 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 it's just there was a barely. page from Q that got blown into
2: the wrong spot. Yeah, well, the yeah, animal skin was over. He felt
1: like he had to do something with it, you know. So he, he, he
0: Matthew included he? it. Yeah.
1: It, the and I,
0: well, did. it it has a degree of application, but it is a difficult saying. It, it, there's no question about that. It is a very difficult saying. <clears throat> Skipping down just to one verse, this kind of applies, although it's out of sequence. 7.12 of Matthew. And by the way, it's almost identical in Luke. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law of the prophets. Do to others, Luke 6.31. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now that's called the what? The rule. The golden rule. Let me do it first.
3: There are certain things, though, that some people like having done to them that you wouldn't
0: want. <laughs> well, there is the cor—there is the corollary to the law, to the golden rule. You know, if the golden rule is um, "do unto others" or "do to others as you would have them do to you," if it don't so, do to others what you don't want have done to yourself is a direct corollary to it. That's right. Unfortunately, most people practice this as do unto others before they do unto <laughs> others. And that's problematic. But that's how a lot of
1: people treat you. You have been listening to a Bible study by Dr. Gregory Neal. Senior Pastor of St. Stephen United Methodist Church and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2010 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information or to listen to other seminars, Bible studies or sermons by Dr. Gregory Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at St. Stephen United Methodist Church 2520 Oates Drive, Mesquite, Texas, 75150. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.